I believe that every single autistic person can achieve a great quality of life. I believe that they can all become confident, but I believe they can all be, they can all perceive confidence in a different way. They'll be because, and this is the reason, because lots of autistic individuals like you and I, we can verbally communicate, articulate ourselves, and create you know jobs and stuff like that. And, Tony Hernandez Pumarejo, writer and author, professional and motivational speaker, TV presenter, life coach, an international ambassador for autism and mental health. He is proud to invite you to his podcast, My Time, with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. And this is your host, Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. If you don't know who I am, or this is your first time that you're tuning in to this podcast, My Time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo, I just wanted to say welcome. A little bit about myself, I'm an autistic self-advocate, but more important, I'm an advocate for people that, have, that live autism and their families around the world. I also work in all the causes helping people with other disabilities, especially mental health. I'm also a published author, motivational and professional speaker, and I've worked in different industries from media to nonprofit organizations throughout the years. And I'm honored and privileged to be able to be, to show this episode of my time with all of you today. In today's episode, I will have the honor and privilege to interview the man behind the award-winning YouTube channel, the, called the Aspie World, which is the one of the top channels for autism and Asperger's around the world. And his name is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a content creator, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and social advocate with an award-winning YouTube channel dedicated to autism awareness and acceptance and understanding the Aspie World, which is called, which is the name of the channel with more than 200 thousand subscribers as a person with autism himself with a diagnosis with you know or a diagnosis with asperger syndrome ocd adhd and dyslexia and daniel uses his influence to help educate people about autism using his skills of video and social media influence today daniel is a pioneer for neurodiversity awareness and education in the community education and business business landscapes and Daniel currently resides in the UK so without further ado I would like to take us to the interview that I did with fellow autistic advocate Daniel Jones from Aspie World Daniel thank you so much for being with me here today in this episode of my time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo Hey, Tony, how's it going, man? Like, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And, uh, oh, man, you made me sound really cool. I'm I'm really not that cool. I sit on my own all day. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the coolest, man. I mean, I've, I've watched your video starting, in fact, in 2016. I think that's around the time that wow. you started. It yes. is, yeah. You were one of the that's first. Actually, Go ahead, that, sorry. That was, that was before I properly started, dude. Like, that, that's like, you know, I was testing the water, and I wasn't even a full-time creator back then. Yeah. I think there was like you and there were two other Asperger. I think it was one Aspie from Australia. But yeah, it was yep. him and you that followed because I haven't started anything yet. In fact, 
I don't know if I even was going to do this mm -hmm. in terms of video content advocacy. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 very cool. And again, it's my honor and privilege to have you. Uh, so Daniel, with everything that you've gone through, can you please describe me in just a few words your life, the life of Daniel Jones? Wow, you know, I mean, it's hard to condense it into a few words. Um, but the life of Daniel Jones is, is has been a crazy one. You know, I, being an autistic person who was later diagnosed, um, so I struggled childhood, struggled with teenage years, um, and then come into my own in, in adulthood, had some difficult times, and then, you know, diagnosed with autism. I realized that I wanted to create videos for the internet because there wasn't any. And so since then, my entire life's work has been curated around creating content to help people and it's been my mission all the way through life um as you know as you know you have my first book which is on theology um and you know my my philosophy is that like if i can help as many people as possible constantly i'm doing a good job so like that that's all my life's work is and so now my my, my life is a crazy mix of um flying around the world uh doing talks setting up events teaching people coaching people um creating coaching programs creating courses making videos for the internet doing interviews like this one um and just trying to do like the most impactful things i can do to make a change around the world you know what i mean and you have done so you know your work i your hope company. so <laughs> no you you have you have well you have more than 200 subscribers on your i think it's the, the channel with most subscribers in regards to autism, is that correct? Or it, it, well, it kind of. Or, or, it, one, two, or one at a time. One at a time. So, so I have two hundred fifty thousand subscribers. I was number one, but there's a guy from Australia who was called Asperger's from the inside and changed his name to Autism from the inside. And a nice guy, Paul, his name is. But his channel just superseded mine by, um, I think, like twenty thousand or something. So he's a little bit ahead of me. But don't worry, not for long. I'm going to reclaim reclaim my crown and I'll be back at the top. Uh, but I have the most followers combined than any other autism social media influencer i have five hundred thousand followers across all my platforms or more than that really you can see it on my media kit oh definitely yes and talk about your story daniel what, at what age were you diagnosed autistic or in this case asperger so as i was i was officially diagnosed asperger's when i was 26 years old as an adult right mm -hmm. but you know i'd been going you know, my parents obviously knew there was something amiss and obviously i've been seeing specialists and been in and out of clinics since like you know since i was about I'd say five, maybe six years old. Um, and, you know, but that was back in the 80s and the 90s. So it was very difficult for, for my parents to find anybody. Where we live as well in Wales, it's quite rural. So there wasn't mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity for for professionals and experts to be around here. So, so yeah, I was diagnosed later on in life uh, at the age of 26. And it was quite profound as it happened because I absolutely knew nothing about autism when I was diagnosed. And that was quite like, whoa, you know, it was like, it was explosively eye-opening because I had to like learn all this stuff about the condition that had been thrust upon me, you know, since birth. So it was, it was, it was interesting. Definitely. And, but when, do you remember, you know, as you were growing up, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood, how you grew up and, and, and if you can tell us, because you were diagnosed at 26, 27, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how, when do you felt there was something different about you as you were growing up as a child all the way to adult? Yeah, I mean, you know, growing growing up was extremely interesting because, like, I am a fam I come from a family of three kids, so my parents have got two other children, um, and I write about about this in my latest book, Autism for Adults. It's I cover quite a lot of this, but in a nutshell, being you know the youngest of three children, you're kind of not you're kind of like on your own a little bit. You have to kind of like fend for yourself, you know, and um, it was. When I was, I was attending school, 
And and I was because at home I could be myself. You know, I could I, I love electronics, I love robotics, I love computing, I loved all these things. Um, and I could do my own thing and be in my own head and play my video games and, and whatever. And Lego was like big for me. But then when I was when I started attending school, it was horrible. It was like being thrown into a, a you know in the middle of the Antarctic, you know, in, in, in a freezing cold. Like oh my goodness, I was like completely frozen the whole time. And uh, and it was it was almost like the what what led me to to realize that I was completely different was all the kids in school felt like they already knew what was going on, right? They'd come in and they'd get their chairs and I'm like, holy smokes, how do they even know this stuff? Like, how do they even, how do, how do they get this? I'm like completely like out of my depth. I have no idea what to do. You know, everything needed prompting. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, this isn't for me. And it just, it was just a struggle from then on. You know, every single day was like, oh my goodness, like I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know these kids. Like, and and interacting with children, you know, it was hard because I, I didn't have the best, um, I didn't have the best social skills as a kid. You know, I was very quiet, very shy, quite reserved. I wouldn't play outside in the schoolyard. You know, I was inside playing on the computers and the teachers knew this and I'd missed a lot of school because of these complete and utter um, horrible experiences of trying to get to school. Um, and so, you know, that really carried on all the way up until I was diagnosed. You know, you, you go through your life and you're like, wow, well, there's something seriously amiss with me and, and you can't put your finger on it because you don't know what it is. And it's kind of like being all by yourself in a crowded room, there's a million people around you, yet you feel completely isolated and on your own. And I spent most of my childhood kind of isolated. You know, I, I had friends, like two friends or three friends. Like I had this guy who lived down the street from me and he was really interested in electronics as well. So I kind of was able to play with him, but on the same level, you know, I mean, we, we, we'd make things, we'd make robots and we'd, we'd, we'd <laughs> I, yeah, I'd hurt myself by like cutting things open and, and trying to, you know, electrocute myself and things. And, um, uh, there was another couple of kids who who I knew um, who had like ADHD um, and it was cool because I got along with them because we had like, you know, we were interested in similar things like um, like just extreme crazy stuff. You know, we could allow all that energy and it was really cool. Um, but, but, you know, as you get older, you drift away from those people um, uh, and then you become really isolated and quite alone. And I've done a few videos on feeling lonely because as an autistic individual from, you know, from forever, I felt quite alone. Yeah, I've never really felt um, like I have company, you know. And your and I can relate to your story because we have different things in common. First, uh, and in the beginning, I was the third of three children. I was the youngest for a time yeah. until my younger brother was born and they took my place away. You know, I had to come yeah. into terms with that. Yeah. Uh, in my case, I was diagnosed at age four. This was the early 90s. Back then, there was not much of information about autism, but I was nonverbal, struggles with social anxiety, struggles in terms of fitting in with this so-called normal world, wondering yeah. why the other kids did what they did in school. And because of that, I went through social rejection, uh, being isolation as well, and focusing yeah. on my hobbies. That's where my love for hobbies began, like Star Wars, video games, arts. Um, especially yeah. growing up in the island, you know, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. It, you know, oh, okay, cool. I, uh, yes, and and I was I went through different tough situations, even bullying. Do you went through that as well when you when you were growing up in school? Uh, yeah, you know, like because 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 kids can be horrible, right? So, um, yeah, definitely had like experiences where you know, even in high school, like you know, um, like girls would like be very like beat me up and stuff, like, you know, because I was very much a um, an introvert, you know, so it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't good. No, definitely. But I think, I believe from those experiences, you know, and I was able to have this perspective later on in life, 
they help us grow. They help us shape us into our purpose. That's the way I, I see it. Even though, pardon me? A hundred percent, I agree. Yeah. And because we sometimes we wonder if those events never happen in our lives, where would we be? What would we be today? Would we be completely different? I think things happen for a reason. That's the way I see it in life. 100%. Yeah, things happen for a purpose. That's the way I always call life with purpose. Yeah, look, life is happening for you, not to you. Everything is happening for a reason, right? God is the best of planners, and you're here to to follow out that plan, you know? Definitely. And speaking about, you know, in terms of the struggles with social, do you have any struggles with relationships, in school, even going to adult? Yeah, you know, like relationships are really difficult because you have two types of relationships. You have potential romantic relationships, no matter how old you are. And then you have potential friendships or platonic friendships. And friendships was only easy or only achievable if the other person was kind of like dyslexic or ADHD or something, you know what I mean? Like I had to, I, I, I had to gel with somebody on some kind of level where we could think at the same speed about certain things, but it wouldn't transpose. Like I could hang out with one dude, you know, making robots, but then he'll want to go and play football. So it was kind of like, whoa, you know, like I had to like really distance myself from, from that kind of thing. So I was like, I, I don't get sports. I don't do. um, and then romantic relationships, really interesting. Like I was never really interested in girls or sex or whatever, you know, growing up, you know, because you become, you know, as you become a, a teenager and you go into all these things and things are changing, you know, oh, you know, and like, I was never interested in it. And then like, I never had much luck with girls anyway, um, because, you know, we're all kind of, you know, red blooded humans and we all want to kind of like find somebody and, and have a partner and, you know, do these things. Um, and it was really difficult because the girls, <laughs> any girls I approached, they didn't really understand me, you know, and it was like, oh, so I just kind of like, I blocked that part out of my life. And like, I've never been on a date, you know, I've never been on a date. I've never, um, you know, never took a girl out on a date anywhere, you know, for a romantic meal anywhere on like a date or something like that. You know, it's really, really interesting. I've never had like um, Valentine's Day cards. Like I've never had a Valentine's Day card. So stuff like that is really interesting because I see all these people when I'm growing up, you know, doing these things. Like they, they like a girl, they start talking to a girl and like they'll take her out and they'll do things. So I used to kind of always be like, wow. And then we'll have, you know, that's my my friend Dan, who who I lived around the corner from. So we used to walk to school together. So then I ended up just hanging out with him. Um, and he just say like, oh, you know, this, you know, I took this girl out and it was this, this date or whatever. And, and I was like, wow, you know, and then what happened? You know, and it was kind of like, that was enough for me because I, but I didn't really understand how I could transpose that to myself. So it was really interesting. Um, and, you know, I only really have ever met romantic partners through mutual interest of things that are creative like creative arts right and i'll meet them during you know crossing over creative arts or whatever um and that like again if i didn't have that connection but and then it's not it's not easy you know maintaining those relationships i want you had like three serious relationships and maintaining them is, is i know every relationship is difficult and anything worth having should be hard work right i get that but i mean you know it's sometimes quite quite intense to to live with an autistic person right you'll, you'll know this from anybody who, who's lived with you right and and to really understand those those difficulties that they have and so i think it takes a certain type of person and less than you're less than you're diverse themselves it takes a certain type of neurotypical person to really click with an autistic individual you know no i can definitely uh, totally relate to that it's not easy because the way we see it is that our world is so focused extroverted focused that Yes. You know, for us, not only autistic individual or Asperger, but also individuals of other conditions, neurodiverse or neurodivergent, yeah. you know, individuals, we had to like conform to the extroverted way 
of the world. Yeah. And, it's, and it can be very frustrating. Uh, and confusing. Like, you know, you, you have to kind of squash yourself into a social norm, which is completely uncomfortable. It's like putting on somebody <clears> else's clothes. You're like, what on earth is going on? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's weird. But I think feel like that's where you come into um, the masking, you know, comes into play where you have to then pretend to, to 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 be cool with something to kind of try to fit in so you don't look like that you know person sticking out in the crowd because that old japanese proverb you know the nail that sticks out the the highest is the first to get hit with the hammer so you don't want to be the person that's drawing attention to yourself because it's the last thing you want to do and so it's this horrible battle isn't it um and it's uh but again but it's a it's a challenge and it's something that i i thank i thank god for every ridiculous thing has happened to me in my life because those things make me who I am. And you were talking about this a minute ago, right? It's molded me. It's, it's taught me. It's given me a lesson. It's, it's really shown me what, what is, what is, what's good, what's bad, what, what, what people do. And without those things, I don't think I'd be who I am today and, and doing the things I am doing. So I'm thankful for the, the, the highs and the lows, you know? And that, and that's very beautiful to hear your gratitude from those experiences. Life is experiences ups and downs. Is how we learn from those experiences and what we do each day to the best of our ability to be able to live that be the best quality of life possible, and definitely. And 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 I know that's part of your story. Eventually, you were able to get you know married. Is that correct? And I have a partner. We're not we're not uh, married or anything yet, but we we are living together and we have children. Yes. That oh, yeah, you have children, so you become you know, let's say you know, for the purpose you know, husband, and you became a father. You know, mm -hmm. always that process, you know, knowing that you're you're different, you know, as autistic or Asperger. How did how how is very important? Um, how has that had an impact on you being a husband and a father? You know, in your life, if you, because we know that there's different parents that are autistic. And they face their own unique challenges as well. Yeah, if you can share yeah. a little bit of insight, if possible. Yeah, you know, I was always kind of like, it's hard. It's hard being being a partner of somebody. You always feel like, am I worthy enough of this? You know, being an autistic person, like, ca can they handle me? Am I too much? Am I going to? Um, am I going to create animosity by accident? Are they going to understand me? Can we communicate on a level? Will this last? You know, you have, a, and people have these doubts anyway. You know, they have these worries and stuff. But as an autistic person, you worry that you're. You're not good enough to fulfill the role of a of the man of the house, you know, especially being a guy. You know what I mean? Like the dad, the provider, the dude. And like, and those things kind of really worried me. But then um being a father adds another layer. Because not only are you then responsible for somebody else's life, you are also responsible for any potential inherent um neurological differences that they inherit from you. So I had these worries, like, are my children gonna be because I, my life quality is is okay now it's good now but it, but it wasn't you know what I mean and it was difficult and and I have times where I hit severe depression because of how difficult I find life um because of feeling autistic right and so sometimes before having children I always felt like do I want to pass that on potentially why would I want somebody to feel like that that's something horrible but then on the other flip side it's a it's a gamble maybe they wouldn't be like that you know what I mean so you have that part of it. And then you also have the part where, okay, I have this person and I have to take care of them. How do I do this? And I tell you what, dude, it was one of the biggest um, differences in my life. Like people say kids change you and they do. It does change your lifestyle, but it was more of a, 
how do I learn to be um how do I learn to be safe enough or good enough to be a provider and carer of somebody else when I already need care and support for myself right I think that was the biggest link up and how I did it was organizing everything if I organize things it worked really well like I knew that at this time they needed feeding you know at this time I check this check this and then I'll change their diaper at this time I know that um it's nap time at this time I know it's nap time and and then everything in the house had a place like diapers and wipes in this drawer toys in this drawer bottles are there the the food is up there like everything was mapped out and once I'd had a map once I placed everything there there was no you know there was no chaos I could focus on this thing and the things that would have taken up focus had already been sorted out so you could focus on the child and then the things were sorted out around you that really did free up all the all the the anxiety around it and every single component of this from relationships to to parenting comes down to one single factor the more confident you are as a human being the more confident you are as an autistic individual the easier things become and so i've literally spent since 2017 um or late 2017 2018 i've spent all that time figuring out what is it that that makes me able to do the things that I do in life how do I how am I you know a successful entrepreneur I bought my own house I, I you know I have a partner I have children I have multiple businesses on the go I delegate with the, with the governments of the world I brief the European Parliament on um, employability for autism and all these things I'm a best-selling author in like three languages internationally and two books out and then I realized it was because I had mega amounts of confidence and this confidence came from somewhere right and this is one of the reasons why I feel like a lot of people like yourself have followed me over the years because I have a confident persona uh, or a charismatic character that is confident enough. So people say like, hey, I want to learn how this dude is being that confident, right? Um, which is interesting because this month I'm releasing uh, a program which, I've, which has never been done before called, I've called it Chaos to Confidence. But it's like a it's like a 90-day thing where I'm teaching a three-step program to how, how you can do be exactly how I am. And it's funny because you see this everywhere, like Elon Musk, right? Same diagnosis of you and I, man. But look at him. He's the richest guy in the world. Pulled in spaceships, sent him to space. Confidence. Greta Thunberg, right? Highly successful, really young girl. Same diagnosis as you and I. How does she do the things she does? Confidence. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Dan Aykroyd, all these people, how do they succeed? Because they are confident. And that's it. So, I, so I'm teaching that exact thing right now. So yeah, it, it, that's that is the the thing is. Can you become confident? And if you, and you know, you're asking yourself, can you become confident? Anybody can become confident, but that's the thing that's missing. Once you realize that it's confidence that's lacking in your life as a parent or as a partner, being an autistic person, everything else becomes a breeze. No, that, that's very interesting what you said. You know, confidence being the key, uh, and that's one of the challenges that we face in our community. As you know, autism is a broad, you know, spread, you know, spectrum. Yep. Sometimes I, I I don't tend to get too much into, I don't know, in terms of the labels, high functioning, moderate or profound. Do you believe, you know, to my next question, do you be, believe that every autistic person, not matter the level, not matter the, the label, can achieve that confidence or can achieve a great quality of life? I believe that every single autistic person can achieve a great quality of life. I believe that they can all become confident, but I believe they can all be, they can all perceive confidence in a different way. They'll be because, and this is the reason, because lots of autistic individuals like you and I, we can verbally communicate, articulate ourselves, and create 
you know, jobs and stuff like that and potentially hold down some kind of a lifestyle. That can be 10x and improved, which is exactly what I'm teaching in this program. But you could have somebody who's also profoundly disabled. They could have global learning delay or um, some kind of other condition along with autism. And you can improve their life with confidence, but their confidence will look different to your confidence. You know what I mean? But it will still greatly improve their life. But yes. So no matter the no matter where they are on the spectrum, they can become more confident and that will increase their quality of life exponentially. Exponentially. I agree. You know, as long as they're getting it's about getting the right resources and supports and the key confidence in themselves, they can achieve a better life. And I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, as you know, I've been following your work. In fact, you started, you know, expanding in 2016. That's where I started yeah. uh, following you. Um, you know, since then, we're now we're in 2023 after, you know, years of being in doing this. How has your perspective of autism, Asperger and neurodiversity has evolved? I think like it's nothing has changed in the way how I see it. And nothing has changed in the way um, that you perceive it. I think the only difference is the understanding of it, the understanding of the complexity of it become more intricate. Like you, you're able to deep, deep dive down into, um, you know, subcategories and niches of that specific topic. Um, and what I am seeing is a rise in people seeing these things in themselves. And it's cool because since I started doing advocacy on online and doing these YouTube videos, other people started doing it as well. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's like it got the, all these people doing this cool stuff. And it's kind of like, it's becoming more popularized not in a bad way, like the, the popularity of it in a good way, because popularity creates understanding, not popular like, oh, it's cool to be autistic. I'm saying like popular in the way that people have heard of it, not like, huh? You know what I mean? And I think that's like, that's quite like when you've seen the impact of the work that you do change the, the perception of something or the understanding of something, you're like, wow, you know, that, that's really cool. But there also is a flip side of it. There's also dangerous people who are not diagnosed. They're like either self-diagnosed and they probably don't have autism. They may have a personality disorder or they have like some other kind of mental health issue. And they're trying to change the narrative. You know, they, they, they kind of, you know, they, they add bizarreness to, to something that's very clinically textbook. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can be autistic and I've got great social skills and I've got great eye contact. And, but then they, you're like, well, well what part of the triad of impairment are you suffering with? Why, how does this, create autism and so they don't know and so they now they now they change the term it's not autistic it's neurodivergent and it's, it's like yeah, yeah you know what i mean like the, I, I was going to you, you know you, you're going to hit and write the point because i was going to ask you about that in terms of the different debates and issues you know impacting our community first and third language use of autism oh, so, the use of I, therapies i mean do you think that all these issues are taken away from what should be the main mission 100%. 100%. I say this all the time. I released a, a video on my Instagram about yesterday or the day before. I don't know if you saw it, where I was like going ham at talking about people who just say, oh, you can't use the term Asperger's. I'm like, how dare you? That's all bullshit. Like, you can't tell somebody not to use a term. Are you ridiculous enough to say that you can? You know, we live in a world where people want to want to tell us what their, profound, their, their preferred pronouns are, right? Which is mm -hmm. quite interesting because pronouns is what you see as, a, as an intellectual being when you see something and you confront it and observe it you give it a pronoun wow i am looking at a brown horse or a female cat or you know what i mean so when someone says to you i want you to use these pronouns you're like okay cool that's fine i'll do whatever you know because you, you you are who you are and we accept people as they are you know that's cool 
But then you have the same type of people saying you can't use Sam Asperger's as ableist. I'm like, yeah, but you, you want, excuse me, you allow people to be who they want to be, right? That really bugs me. And secondly is they're changing things like stimming, for instance, right? Stimming is a self-stimulatory behavior that autistic people do. They'll, they'll flap their hands or they'll do these things. These are involuntary. It'll happen when you're excited, happy, or excited, nervous, right? Because they have the same um, uh, uh, physical kind of like response in your body. So if you're excited or nervous, you, you'll you'll do the same thing. You'll, you'll stim, right? And you'll see that there's autistic adverts out there be like, ah, I stim dance. It's like, you're not stim dancing. You're just dancing. That's not a stim because that's voluntary. Stimming is involuntary. They're changing the narrative, dangerously so. So they're going from saying, don't say autistic, say neurodivergent, which opens a whole new kind of worms. Because everybody's neurodivergent, really. You know what I mean? Like everyone's brain and neurological paths are rooted differently. And then they say, oh, stim dancing. I'm not stimming. I'm stimmed. It's like, dude, but you're not. You're just dancing. And there's nothing wrong with just saying, I want to dance because it makes me release a bit of energy. Like when I'm too hyped up, I'll jump about. I'll stand up and jump up and down. But it doesn't mean that's not related to autism. That's me having too much energy from ADHD or I've got too much adrenaline in my body because I'm hyped all the time. So there's a lot of language that people are using. You can't, like that one, like you can't, uh, high functioning, low functioning, don't use those terms, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's a minority group of our community. And I say this. Those things are not important. If you've got time to worry about those things, then you you don't really have proper problems in the Austin community because nomenclature, language, and all that shit doesn't change anything. It just makes you more happy at home because you feel offended. What does change is that we can raise a hundred grand to buy nonverbal autistic individuals iPads and load them with software to get them to help them speak or create um scholarships for them to go to university create support and help to get them into university and get them into jobs support within the jobs community going to the parliament like i did and brief them on why there's a gap in autism you know i'm going to the uk parliament i was invited yesterday by the speaker of the house of commons to go to go to the disability history month and brief them on issues surrounding autism so it's making a change in the right places that's going to actually make a difference complaining about what if people say has autism or with autism or how functional low functioning does nothing and it's completely fucking useless so just forget about it i don't tell you in that it's crap a thousand percent agreed thank well you said man. i mean i'm with you the the focus should be quality of life each autistic yeah. person is different through ups and downs and yeah. it's and i see autism more than just the person with a diagnosis with the diagnosis but also the families the parents siblings caretakers uh, therapists, professionals, because it's in, you know Everything. it's a community, yeah. And yeah. I think that you know if we can go beyond this, you know, silly and stupid debates, and my apology for you know using that, uh, we can right, right. we can grow and evolve more. And I believe that audition oh. will be it will be we will be in a much better place than where we are today. And Definitely, dude. And I think you know, and, and I think you're right. Um, uh, you know the. the I have no time to debate if we should be using has with high function, low functioning, you know, stim dancing, neurodivergent. I don't care. I literally don't care. Don't come to me and talk about that because I have no time for it. That doesn't help anybody. Definitely. And, and, and your work and, you know, you being an advocate for this community and also for other people with other conditions as well speaks for itself. And again, I'm really, I'm, I'm very grateful for what you do for our community worldwide. I'm, I'm, you, I truly, I, I truly do. And, you know, just as we wrap up this, you know, this interview, uh, you have written different books. You mentioned that you have a new book, um, you know, Adults for, for Adults. Adults for, yeah. uh, for Adults. Um, I, want to start, 
Dude, send me your address. I'll send you a copy. So. Oh, definitely. I have my, I have my own book too. I would like to send you a copy as well. Sure. Uh, so we, yeah. we'll do a book swap. But um, there's an interesting book that I recently got, which was your first ever book, which I, I have over here. Course. It's a big one. Yeah. And the reason I got is because I'm a Star Wars fan. I went to Star Wars conventions. I met yes. the actresses. I even met Carrie Fisher wow. the year before she passed away when they did the Star yeah. Wars convention in California. And I wanted to ask you, what motivated to write you this, you know, for you to write this book? Again, I, I, Star Wars was a vice for me growing up. Like it was the only friend I had for a long time. I'd watched Star Wars before going to school, after going to school, and mixed with being in a house where my dad is a, a seventh Dan Black Belt in karate, um, uh, like taekwondo. Um, he is, uh, he has seven black belts in karate, so he invented his own style called Yamashima. So I, I came from a very interesting household full of philosophy and and, and Japanese culture and um, and discipline and martial arts, and then you know you you mix in Star Wars and you see like the relationship between the Jedi Knights, and then you realize that the Jedi's in there or the Jediism that they're portraying, which is their religious or philosophical belief, um, has uh, basically it's like Buddhism, but put into a really cool way. So I was like, hey, and being a, a lover of Buddhism and spirituality and, and things like that, I said, how can I introduce more people to being connected to the universe um, like never before? So I wrote that book all about how Star Wars could be seen or the, or the parts of Star Wars that are philosophical and religious could be seen in a spiritual way that you can apply to your life. And that's exactly what I did. And it, it, it was a masterpiece really when it came together, you know, in 2017. And that to me was like, it was such a cool time. Um, and I'm really proud of that book. You know, I actually have, cause I went to select, like I had a ghostwriter help me write that book. This one's different though. And I got a video coming out tomorrow on my YouTube channel to tell you exactly how I wrote this book. Like, like it's crazy. Like you never, ever seen, I wrote this book in two weeks and you'll never understand how I did it. And until you watch the video, you'll be like, oh my God, how do you do this? It's crazy. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to read first your, you know, your first book and become the force and then later, you know, you know, read your book, Autism for Adults. I think that, I think that, you know, it speaks about your philosophy in, you know, in terms of life through the ups and downs as you have grown and developed that has helped and, and you want to share these experiences to help uh, people around the world through your story. And again, I'm truly grateful for what you do. And I, and before we wrap up the interview, uh, Dan, uh, what message uh, do you have uh, for our community, for our world in terms of autism and how to help autistic individuals and their families around the world? What message do you have? Yeah, so the first thing, if you're if you're looking after an autistic or you're a family member of or a caregiver or somebody in the community who isn't autistic but has an autistic person in their life, the best thing you can do is validate them if they have issues. Don't undermine or belittle their issues or don't think anything less of their issues. Always take it as a perceived value from that person. When you validate their issue, the autistic person feels heard and feels relatable, feels connected, and feels validated in today's world. So do that, first number one. If you're an autistic person listening to this, let me tell you something. Life, as you know it, as dark as it may be sometimes, is about to get super awesome. And I can help you do that. I am, it's my life's goal to improve the condition and quality of life, urge people towards an existence that is not just existing, thriving, being on the autism spectrum. And it's supercharging you to a level that you could never even begin to think, wow, I could do this, like relationships, money advice, uh, you know, getting a job, making a career. I'm about to just 10x your life. So if you are interested, come to my social media channels, email me, say, I want in the aspieworld at gmail.com. I message every single person back, as Tony will tell you. And mm -hmm. I, 
you know, regardless of me having half a million followers, I still will message every single person back. Message me, say, dude, I want in. I, I need this program in my life because I'm about to make it so much better for you. Definitely. And how and now how they can find your social media and website as well. Sure. You can just find me um any social media channel um at the Aspie World. So it's T-H-E-A-S-P-I-E-W-O-R-L-D. Uh, you can also go to the aspieworld.com. Uh, and I have a free life hacks book for autism that you can download from autismhacks.net. So you can go there right now, download it for free, and it's a cool little PDF book. So yeah, uh, that's how you find me. And definitely, and 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 once this episode is published, I will put all the social media, all your social media links, your website, so that way our listeners and people who are watching this interview can you know go to your website, to your social media, and and if they're interested in buying your book, they can find it there as well. Amazing, thank you so much, Sonny. Well, Dan, Daniel, it has been an honor of my life and the privilege of my life to interview you in this episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez Pumarejo. You're always welcome to come back here. I believe we're gonna. We need. To. We probably we need to do another interview, and thank you again so much for what you do for the autist, autism and autistic community in your home, you know, UK, around the world. Thank you so much. My pleasure, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, what a great interview that we had with Mr. Daniel Jones. Uh, if you enjoyed this video, please share it with everybody that you know. Uh, hopefully this can be a great resource if you're an autistic person or you're a parent of a loved one with autism. And please spread the word about this interview that we did today. So until next time, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez-Pumarejo. See you. Well, this is the end of another episode of My Time with Tony Hernandez-Pumarejo. Tony hopes you liked it. If you'd like to learn more about the work Tony does, subscribe to him on his social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, which is now X, and his LinkedIn page. You can also follow Tony on his website at TonyHernandezPumarejo.com. Also, if you are interested in getting a copy of his book, An Autism Unscripted Life, you can purchase it on Amazon or any book-selling platform. You can also obtain a copy through his website. So, until the next time you meet, Thank you and have a wonderful day. Blessings.